Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hey there, this is Joe Martin at First Baptist Church in Toledo, Washington. This is a cabin talk for the midweek, and I, I really hope you'll take a few moments to hear this all the way through, because some important things toward the end. Um, I want to talk to you about practice. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 5.12, it says, For thy, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again, for someone to teach you the elementary principles, the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. He says, for everyone who, he's really saying here is that, that they had kind of got stuck and they've actually, when you get stuck in your spiritual development, you kind of lose ground. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant but the solid food is for the mature. Now listen, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. What he's really saying is you ought to be teachers. You ought to be able to communicate what's what God wants for other people. Not necessarily have a teaching class or, or like, you know, a ministry. But you ought to be able to express your faith very clearly. But you need somebody to help you do it all over again. Matter of fact... You've kind of like lost your ability to even um, feed yourself. You need milk again, like an infant. And the way you get out of that, the solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, it's practice. So let me ask you a question. Are, are you a practicing Christian? This was a common thing to ask uh, a generation ago. Our people would say, well, I'm, I was raised a Christian, but I'm not practicing. Or people might say, I'm, I'm a, I was raised Catholic, but I'm not a practicing Catholic or whatever. This is a very common thing. Um, and it was assumed uh, a generation ago that along with whatever label that you put to yourself as far as a religious label, and this could also apply to like people would say, I'm Muslim, but I'm not practicing or whatever. Um, but it was assumed, especially among uh, Christians a generation ago, but more so in religion, in religious circles in general, that along with a label, that there would be a practice that went with it. But in recent years, this has kind of fell away. People call themselves Christians, and that people that really don't do anything in terms of uh, the things that relate to Christian practice still call themselves Christians. As a matter of fact, um, people live lives where there's nothing that relates to basic um, teachings that Jesus uh, presented or traditions that went along with the historical faith of those that follow Jesus. As a matter of fact, this shows up in, in polling, <laughs> as at everything. But 63% of Americans call themselves Christians, and that's a big drop. I mean, that's dropped like... 
um, like 7% in, in a decade. But that still would include about 210 million people in the United States call themselves Christians. Yet uh, the Barna survey, which is a very much kind of measures faith trends, and a lot of you are familiar with that, um, their recent survey says between 4 and 9% of Americans actually measure their lives against the teachings of Jesus or the truths of the Bible. In other words, depending on what your background is, a religious background, but it's between, you know, born-again Christians is about 9%. Some of the other groups, more liturgical groups, would say it'd, be, it'd come in a little bit less. But it says 4 to 9% actually practice, but 63% think of themselves and identify themselves as... Um, as believers, I mean, a, a 51% um, uh, very difference is a pretty big one. In, in other words, what this really tells us is that very few see their Christianity as something that requires them to really practice it. Um, you know, the vast majority of people uh, don't even see, even people that call themselves Christians, they don't even see being related, connected to a local church or being a part of a local church or really being faithful to a local church as having anything to do with being or calling themselves a Christian. So this is very much unlike um, times in history. This is unlike, obviously, the Apostle Paul, who put practice as a huge central issue. As a matter of fact, Paul said out of... Uh, his writing to Timothy, he said, on the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. In other words, the word discipline literally means practice with yourself, practice for the purpose of godliness. Paul even said this about himself in 1 Corinthians 9.27. He was looking at his own life. I discipline my body. I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. He's saying, I really pay attention to my own practice. Often you hear that these self-identified Christians, um, you know, you'll hear it on the media and the news of one, doesn't matter, right or left, they'll say, um, you know, evangelical Christians, 87% of them did this, or, or, you know, 73% of Christians in the United States have this political view or another political view. It's just kind of, um, you need to not be taken in by that. Whether you use that as support or you use that as like judgment, you should not be taken in by that. But because out of that number they're talking, um, very, very few, maybe as small as 4 to 5% of those that claim to be Christians actually um, think after Jesus deeply, and practice really following their faith and what it says. And you say, well, why is this? How did this happen? Well, part of it, uh, I have to say, is the fault of people like me and churches in general. Um, oftentimes, and we've been, I've been admit to, uh, real sad for me that admit that oftentimes it's easy to get seduced. There's a whole industry, I call it the ecclesiastical or the church industrial complex the church growth movement that really aims churches um, essentially 
to set everything up, their whole approach. Um, they measure everything. They're built for crowds, not community. And this is really a picture of, it's really this kind of, it's very much market-driven, Wall Street-driven. This is a, It finds its, its, its genus in that. Um, and it is, um, people measure it, and, and even church people have been brought to measure this, that growth is really about the crowd. Now, if you really read the life of Jesus, you know, Jesus never catered to the crowd, and he never... He never sought the crowd. The crowd just came, and oftentimes, Jesus, um, his investment was not in the crowd primarily. He preached, but now the emphasis is all on the crowd and not on the development and um, of the twelve or the or the seventy or the or the you know five hundred or whoever the group might have been, and um, so this is very seductive and. Um, you know, you want to um, look at a, you're looking at a church community, and if it's packed full of people, no matter what's getting them there, uh, you think, well, it's, it's got to be evangelism. This has got to be good. And it is good to have people come. And obviously, you want people and you want to reach people. But it, not if it doesn't produce any real change, no practice. Now, the fact is, is that if, if the only practice people are really being expected to do or even being begged to do is just to show up on Sunday, that's still not really a, a life of practicing Christian. Um, any more than parking in a parking garage will make you a car that doesn't really make you a Christian just because you show up to a building. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. It's just kind of entry level. And uh, the problem with uh, the focus on crowds, not community, of really living in community and doing life together in Jesus and learning how to do that is... Um, it looks like growth, but it really isn't growth. So uh, the fact is, is that to get people, if, if just getting people to come is the focus, transformation is really not expected. The other problem that we've gotten into is, is um, that apprenticeship is not or discipleship. And Dallas Willard writes in his great book, The Renovation of the Soul, he talks about discipleship as apprenticeship. Like you take that on over years and you have somebody apprentice you and they teach you and eventually you become a journeyman and then you can apprentice other people. Um, apprenticeship or discipleship is is for the most part in, in a Western Christianity really not expected. Um, this is really sad. We just don't expect it out of people. We we kind of say, well, if you want, if you feel like it, you know, maybe we'll have this or that. Uh, the the other problem is how this developed is practice. Practices are not really taught. In other words, uh, we've been guilty of that. You know, we kind of hold them out there as they'd be a good idea, but they're not really expected. Um, as a matter of fact, in many uh, religious communities, um, they're avoided. For fear it might affect the crowd. If you start telling people um, they're expected to love their enemies, be it their political enemies, they don't like them, or their ex-relatives, or they have to um, they have to start giving or tithing or whatever, they have to let go of some of their resources. If you start to tell people that these practices are expected, um, they will. It might knock the crowd down. When you tell people. Look, just showing up whenever isn't going to do it. You need to um, tell them that they need to gather. And, and we generally, when people join the church, will say you need to be make a commitment to be 
you, you know, faithful, usable, accountable, you know, uh, generous, etc. We have a covenant that we join into, and I'm, I wish that people took it seriously, um, as they should. Um, oftentimes, people, uh, even though they may sign something and agree to something, they don't follow through, which is another matter. But oftentimes, we don't even expect it, and. Uh, when you tell people they need to gather with believers on a weekly basis to grow and to learn how to love others, there's a lot of people, they don't want to say that. They don't want to expect that because that might knock the crowd down a little bit. And so what people end up doing is they opt in for nothing or they start to shout, that's legalistic. I don't have to go to a church building to follow Jesus. Well, you do not have to go to a church building to... Um, to come to salvation, but if you're going to grow very much, you need to be connected to a community. And I mean more than connected. I don't mean your name's just on the roll, but that you're really letting yourself be involved as much as you can on a level where you can be challenged and grow. Um, and, and the other thing that people will do is they'll just opt for either being the church or finding a church that expects nothing from them. And by the way, that's become the norm. So you basically set your church up where it's um, very, very set up for uh, what they used to say, Harry and Mary Anonymous, who can just come and watch the show and be done. When you tell people they need to practice prayer to grow, and you show them how. When you tell people they need to practice silence, and you show them how. And when you tell people that they need to learn how to practice Sabbath, not, not as legalism, but as just a practice in their life. When you tell them that they need to practice reading the Bible, or meditating on the truth of Scripture. You tell people that they need to practice and learn over time to practice solitude. And then you begin to show them how. They may say, I just want to go occasionally when it's convenient, maybe Christmas and Easter, if that, and see the show. I just want to go on Sundays and watch the worship band and listen to a kind of a, kind of a Bible, biblical TED talk that's kind of cool. And... Uh, provided it's good and it doesn't, you know, it's not not going to push me too much. That's all I want. That's what I'm looking for. That's it. And the sad part is, is that for the most part, many congregations and communities and leaders are fine with that. They're fine with they. They really would never challenge that. This version of Christianity is essentially what Jesus said. It has no salt left in it. It doesn't have enough saltiness to do anything. And ultimately. It ends up. It, it has nothing. It has no saltiness, so it ends up being just tossed out. It's irrelevant, and it can be trampled under the boots of a culture. And by the way, this culture that is growing more and more hostile by the day, people are saying we're being persecuted for being distinct. Um, most uh, Christian communities are being not really persecuted, but just ignored because they really are so. They're not distinct at all. They're really not not like anything else. It has taken up room. And I know that sounds hard, but it is the sad observation of many years of watching, both in my own experience and through my own blunders, and as I see what goes around goes on around me. When you decide to put aside your excuses and grudges and judgments and put aside your laziness and your demand and your, your addiction to ease, you put aside um, your um, negative feelings about people, uh, that are different than you and people that maybe have different opinions of you and you choose to learn 
intentionally. You choose to learn and to practice love in sometimes hard settings and messy settings. You will start to grow again. There's no other way. You're not going to do it. Now, I appreciate so many of you that watch these videos. And some of you cannot get to uh, Sunday gatherings here because you live in other parts of the world. But some of you can. And, um, you know, I realize some of you have some underlying health issues. But let me tell you something. If you really want to start to grow again, uh, the pandemic has resolved itself for the most part. Um, you, you've got to just kind of get over yourself and over the resistance and put yourself in that place again. And it, it is hard. It won't be easy. And some folks have found it really difficult after uh, the last few years to kind of re-engage themselves. But I'm going to tell you something. You can't go it alone. You can't. You can't really uh, practice the Christian life just as a consumer for what is most convenient and easy. As a matter of fact, the fact that it isn't is part of the practice. You can't stay where you are and follow Jesus. That's a very basic thing. He said, follow me and I will make you. You have to follow him. So it's up to you to take this journey to follow, but it starts with your next step, what you're going to do next after you get off here. I pray you make it um, that next step. I pray that you make it. I pray I, I will see you Sunday if you're, if you're geographically able. Uh, and I pray I'll see you. It's an evidence of your new commitment to really get into practice. And we're offering a lot of practices, emotional healthy, spirituality, or discipleship, and many other things that we're offering. Uh, 201 class on practices on, on Wednesday night. It's a great class at 630. And you could really a good place for you to be. My 9.30 breakfast class in between the 8 o'clock service and the 11 o'clock service, that 9.30 breakfast class, just come to that, have breakfast, we sit around the tables, we deal with a lot of issues, and we give you some things. Let me close with a couple of scriptures for you to think about. Remember, Hebrews 5.14, but solid food is for the mature who because of, ready, practice, have their senses, senses trained to discern good and evil. You say, well, I have some you know, emotional resistance or I'm a little bit timid, I'm a little bit intimidated about this to go back and get back involved. It's been a long time or it's been a while. First, 2 Timothy 1, 7, you ready? For God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. The spirit of the, the Holy Spirit is about you not being intimidated but walking in power and in love, you got to have other people to do that. We do that in community. He called disciples, not disciple, and discipline. So it'll take some discipline. Nobody has to discipline themselves to do, you know, to, to eat a bucket of ice cream. You have to discipline yourself to do some things that you might find initially a little bit resistant. You find some resistance in yourself. So I hope to see you this week as a, as a stamp that you say, I'm going to do this. God bless you. Thanks for watching. And please share this if you can.